previously on College Football Tailgate. Are you You're, taking TCU? I am taking TCU. Yeah, then we got a bet board. I'll tell you why. So we have our first bet board. First bet board of the season. Love it. Sanders looking wide open. Touchdown. Dylan Edwards. And Colorado marches it right down the field. If you have all this non-football shit and things go and bad, you are, you are eating the <laughs> biggest plate of shit where everyone's like, ooh, remember when you guys had fucking Louis Vuitton sunglasses? Intercepted. Wow. Travis Hunter. Unbelievable. Just plucks it out of the air. Are you kidding me right now? Remember all the cameras and all the Louis shit? Prime <laughs> time. Wins his first one on the road against a team that played in the national championship one year ago. And now, here's your host, Will, time to eat crow, Chambers. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Like the intro? You like the intro this week, Will? Yes, I'm, I'm, uh, that was very funny. Um, I noticed you, you didn't have any like Florida State LSU takes in there, <laughs> which is interesting. No, my Buffaloes um, finally got a big win, so you know I'm going to do something for you. You know what? If they lose to Nebraska, my points are going to be very valid. So, But I do did, I did love the intro. That was yes. a surprise. My first time hearing that. So uh, welcome back. Welcome back to College Football Tailgate. Of course, uh, there's the intro. I'm Will Chambers. We're here back in the Moose Media Studios. Tyler Walgie, professional better. Hello. Uh, Producer Smitty in the house. Hello, Will. Producer Smitty put his chili on the Patreon this week. I sure love did. That. All right, so Ryan's yeah, chili. again, if you if you want to support the show, check out the Patreon. It's just five dollars a month. Patreon.com slash college, college football tailgate. College football tailgate. Yes. Um, we got chili recipes on there. Your wing sauce is going on there. Am I right? Wing sauce is on wing there. Wing sauce is going on there. We got Tyler's. Uh, personal ratings on there you can use to make your own lines. We're going to be adding more content as the season goes on. So check out the Patreon if you want to help support the show. But boys, week one is in the books. Yes. We had our recap show. Hey, hold on. Are we going to give a shout out to the Patreon members? We yes. said we are going to do that. Right. Good Quick call. shout out. These are the names of the Patreon members. We've yep. got Yvonne, mm-hmm. Dylan, Marca- Hi, Marcus, Al, uh, Scott, and Ryan. Wow. Okay. Yes. We Thank love you, these guys. Patreon members. Supporters yes. of the show. Uh, Yvonne uh, reached out to us and said that I had the pronunciation right. It turns out it's he's not fr- Ivan. He's from Spain, not Germany. His name is Yvonne. Thank you for listening, Yvonne. And I got to say, you hurt this show in so many ways because your your lack of culture. You know, <laughs> My you- lack of culture. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Says the guy that puts Cool Whip on everything. <laughs> That's a cool whip. But you, when, uh, when Mr. Will went to... Uh, using my K-cup two times, cool whip on everything, no Tyler Walgie, on a hot dog, I'm not cultured When Will went to Italy, I was so worried about him representing this show in America as a whole. So, Yvonne, thanks for the shout-out. It's yes. not Ivan. It's not Ivan, Will. It's not but some see, now that's Jewish accountant from Ohio. First of all, I love... Ivan. I love... That doesn't make any sense at all. I, lo- I love Yvonne, um, but yes. I'm going to continue to call him Ivan because now it's just part of the show. Oh, God. Now it's he's, a thing. He's part no, of the show. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we want to thank everybody. If you want to get your name shout out on the show, join the Patreon. It's only uh, we're going to be doing month. that time to time. I put yes. my power rankings up there. Exactly. Boom. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. So Top 50. Uh, but boys, at week two is here. We had an amazing week one, and we still, even though we did the recap show on Monday, the one thing we missed, which we need to lead into here, is... Uh, Clemson shit the bed against Duke mm-hmm. uh, Monday night. Did not look good. Pretty rough, man. Um, and unfortunately for I, this is an interesting situation because obviously, look, the game played out like just horrific for Clemson, right? I mean, they outgained them. They had more than 200 yards rushing, more than 200 yards passing. I want to say there was some stat about like if you had 20 first downs, 200 yards rushing and 200 yards passing. I don't know if it was like no, uh, Clemson had never lost a game while doing that, like ever in their school history. And so 
They had a bunch of turnovers. The, the two big ones where they had like first and goal and they fumbled the ball on the handoff, right? Yep. On, the, on the read option. Kind of sounds like LSU, doesn't it? What do you mean? When they couldn't get in on the one-yard line. They, it was way worse. So much uh, worse for Clemson. Oh, my mm-hmm. God. This was a disaster. That, this was – like LSU got stopped at the line. <laughs> Clemson fucking uh, shot themselves in the foot. They kept fumbling the ball. Uh, they got a blocked field goal. They missed a field goal that was a chip shot. They left a ton of points out there. They would have – honestly, if they just can hand the ball off and they made their field goals – they win and they probably cover honestly like that's how that's how much better they looked for most of the game but they just couldn't get out of their own way and it's just a tough look for Clemson especially coming into the season with all the hype with the Garrett Riley offense uh hey Garrett Riley's coming it's gonna be great they score seven points I mean like really really bad Kate Klubnick looks shaky and it doesn't help to me that now what people are saying and I give credit to Tyler because you've said this in past years about Dabo is that we know what a great coach he is. He's won championships, but can he survive in the modern college football landscape? Because he's already basically come out and said he doesn't like the transfer portal. He's not going to go after players in the portal. And look at how that's working out for him now. They got like uh, not a lot of talent at wide receiver. They could have gone after a guy like Keon Coleman who went in that Florida State game and scored three touchdowns and is going to be a game breaker for them all year long. But no, they don't want to go after NIL play or, or they don't want to go after transfer portal players. He's against the NIL to me, like, this is the sign of, you know, is this kind of the end of what Dabo's historic run at Clemson is? Again, I don't think they're going to be bad forever, but is this the end of what we knew Clemson to be under Dabo? So, I, I don't think so at all. You know, he said after the game it was one of the weirdest games of his career, and I actually agree with that. I don't think he's making an excuse. You look at what happened, and you mentioned it, Will, so many missed chances. They, I, I brought up the LSU thing because I'm still sour about the Bedboard game. You know how I get about those. Sure. But, but You just left it out of the intro, but yeah. You... <laughs> <laughs> you you look at the stats for this. They had twenty nine to seventeen first downs. They had four hundred twenty two to three hundred seventy four yards. You know they outrushed him. They outpassed. They they had the ball longer. They turned it over more. Right, that's a big deal. But one penalty for five yards all game for Clemson. They were well coached. They executed. I thought pretty well on offense. They just didn't score points. So I'm not going to overreact. Now I downgraded him a little bit. You know I don't think that we should keep him steady. Which by the way, if you want to know what the market did, didn't touch him right didn't upgrade or downgrade which i think is maybe a little bit of an overreaction because that offense should be able to finish and seven points despite all the you know we just talked about probably not acceptable but you know i i I think that overall you downgrade clemson slight teeny teeny upgrade for duke but again duke got out gained out first down they just scored late on a team that didn't play very well late yeah and like and you're right i mean the 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 issues can be easily fixed, right? Uh, make sure we don't fumble the ball while handing it off at the goal line anymore, and we make our field goals, and that's uh, Clemson wins that game, honestly. Yeah. They would have been up at that point. And so um, they are easy to fix, but it doesn't look good. And again, this goes back to the intro with my notes about like, hey, when you say certain things, it comes back to bite you in the ass. Here's a, pr- a really uh, awful quote from, from uh, Dabo Swinney. I believe this was in the offseason or maybe in a year ago, on uh, on the whole world of, of NIL, name, image, likeness. He said, this is his quote, we built this program on NIL. We really did, but it's probably different than what you're thinking, though. We built this program in God's name, image, and likeness. Mm. So he's like anti, you know, regular name, image, likeness, mm-hmm. but he's dropping quotes like that, and of course, all those things do, are, they come back and they bite you in the ass when you don't look good. <laughs> and so even though you were right, I was so wrong about TCU in Colorado, 
when the day comes, trust me, that's all anyone is going to say. They're just going to throw that shit back that in your face. That is such a great movie quote. That belongs in a movie somewhere. <laughs> that's, I love that. You like that? How yeah. about this one? Here's a good one. And he says, as a matter of fact, yeah, we built this on NIL. Mm-hmm. How, here's a good, uh, did, you, did you see the Harbaugh quote that he gave uh, during his... Ooh, I love a good Harbaugh quote. So, of course, he susp- he's, they self-suspended him, self-suspension, he's out, he's not coaching for the first three games, but after, on Monday, he gave a press conference, and they were asking him, I don't remember what the question was about, about like, how, it was something about like specific to offense or defense, and his quote was, we don't have an offense, we don't have a defense, it's a we-fence. <laughs> and I thought that was fucking fantastic. So now that's just, well, yeah, it's a wee fence, dude. There is no offense or defense. There's a wee fence. Okay, here, let me tell you why that didn't work, Jim. As a, <laughs> as a motherfucking wordsmith myself, if you're going to put fence in there, you got to put the offense kind of in there somewhere too. Like offense, defense, wee fence. I don't like that. Oh, that's you don't like remi- just playing wee fence? Well, the wee oh, fence. Oh, look at that wee fence. It reminds me too much of defense. <laughs> Like the Wii fence. Yeah, but the whole point is it's it's we. We're not split. It's a team, bro. Come on. Travis Hunter is a Wii fence guy. Look, he Jim plays should both stick sides to the ball. football and the milk. That's what he needs he, to I mean, he to. gives good quotes, too. He should stick to that, too. Let's just fence. be honest. Okay. Uh, maybe I'll get behind the Wii fence. I don't know. Speaking of, uh, <laughs> uh, of bad quotes, by the way, did you see this thing about uh, Brian Kelly? So, of course, you know, LSU loses to Florida State. And um, the first thing that started to happen, again, like when you lose, they take your quotes and they use it against you. And he had given a quote during a radio show. This is what it was posted. It was like, here's what Brian Kelly said during his radio show before the, the game, like that week, is he said, um, he said, we're going to go down there and beat the heck out of Florida State, right? Then he comes out and says, I didn't say that. That's not something that I would ever say. I would never say something oh, like that. God. But it's all recorded. You can <laughs> go and find it. He totally said it. And so it's so weird. This is just like when he got busted doing the fake Southern accent and he tried to say, no, it's not a Southern accent, you know, whatever. That's just how I say it. It's like, dude, we know it's all on camera. Why are you trying to lie your way out of this? Yeah, that, I don't like that. He's he's very... Uh, not likable? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> probably the word. <laughs> like, he's a great coach, obviously, but I don't. he doesn't seem like the coolest dude in the world. He doesn't seem very likable. The more you get to know him, the more... He like a good hang. Yeah, no, not at all. Like, demanding he seems. Seems like he'd be tough to play under. Okay, so, yeah, no, I, I think he would be tough to play. And, again, he's, he's going to win a lot. I think he's a great coach. I, I'm not – I have no doubt that – honestly, I think he's going to end up winning a national championship at LSU at some point. I don't know when. But he does not seem like the coolest guy to hang out with. He seems kind of like a sore loser. And, yeah, it's just hilarious to be like, I would never say that. And then everyone plays the fucking audio of you saying it. It doesn't look good. Coolest guy – who would be the coolest coach to hang out with, get a beer with? Oh, boy. Um – Maybe. Mike, Nor- Mike Norvell might be kind of fun. He could be. Cause a little trouble. You know who actually I think would be a good guy to get a beer with because the rumor has that he gets a lot of beers to begin with, and it's a guy I always rag on him. But, again, this isn't about betting on his team. Is it? Holgerson. Oh, Holgerson, Holgerson's a, a fan, yeah, he would be. fan but, of the bottle but, and gambling, apparently. So it would probably Hol- be a good time. But uh, Dana Holgerson's like a, like a, a dive bar kind of guy. You're yeah, not going to sure. find him. Like he's going to go corner of the bar, dive bar, any casino, Bud Light. Rumor Coors has Light. it when he was at West Virginia, he got thrown out of like every casino nearby at some point or another. So <laughs> shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look it up. Holgo. <laughs> 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 Again, that's why I don't p- love picking his games. I think he's he's having too much of a good time sometimes. You know? right, and and you, you only get one for this worst coach to get a beer with. Oh gosh. I would say Saban, but he he'd have so no, many stories. Saban I'd have would, a lot of I questions think Saban for would Saban. Be a good time. Um 
Can it be? They have to be active coaching. No, uh, there's Lou, no rules in this game. Lou Holtz. <laughs> oh yeah, Lou Holtz. I, I'm actually going to say that too. That motherfucker. You just Lou be Holtz. spitting in your beer the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I just think he'd be, he seems like a judgy guy. He doesn't seem asshole. like a fun guy. I hate Lou. I don't know Holtz. current coaches though. Worst worst coach to get one with. Um, yeah, that's tough, man. Maybe uh, we'll come. I mean, Brian Kelly back. might. Brian Kelly might be the guy. Honestly, yeah, I don't I'm gonna, know. I'm going to have to circle fun. back there. I don't love it. Okay. Um, did you guys see? So, you know, obviously, most college football fans, we watch game day or now we watch the big noon kickoff. Oh, Matt Rule's my answer. Matt Rule. Matt Rule is the Wor- guy? Worst coach. He seems like a with. cool guy. No. You just hate him because he's Nebraska. It's Nebraska week. Let's go. It doesn't help him. <laughs> <laughs> what about Baylor, Matt Rule? Baylor era, Matt Rule. Yeah. And he's yeah. a good time. That's fine. Um, the transfer portal is not just. No, for- I did not a good time. That's the, my least favorite is right. Matt Rule. No, I, he's I the asshole. Yeah. If I saw him, I'm going out I like to a Matt different Rule. I think he's a cool guy. I'd get a beer with you, Matt Rule. Big fan, by the way. He listens to the show. Um, uh, the transfer portal is not just for players. It's not just for coaches. Did you guys see on Big Noon Kickoff that Fox stole Chris the Bear Felica from game day? He's on Big Noon Kickoff now. Really? Yeah, I saw him there. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> he's wearing a suit. He's still doing the same shit he did on game day. They all, they all wanted to start winning more bets over a Fox. They're like, well, we now, need his winners. Early. I guess. Well, now Stanford Steve is on right. game day. But those guys were like homies, so now he took his spot at, wow, at game day. The bear. It's just when I saw it, I was dumbfounded. I was oh, like, yeah. I couldn't believe. I thought that guy was an ESPN lifer. I oh, got a headline for it. The bear prowls on to <laughs> Fox. Ooh, there we oh, go. The bear prowls onto the Fox trap. Something uh, like that. It needs work. The first one was better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he prowls onto the fox trap. Oh, I love it. Um, okay, then my last thing. Now, again, I'm going to be bringing this up throughout the season because I think it's a brilliant idea. I mentioned it on the, on the, uh, the recap show is my gas mid or ass category for, for teams. <laughs> okay. And after seeing a full week one, I'm, I'm upgrading CU to gas. They're fully gas right, right. now. Oh, yeah. Let's LSU go. is mid. Again, okay. just based off of what their okay. performance should be, okay. and Clemson is ass oh, right okay. now. Okay. So as things stand, that's that's the where I have those guys in tears, and we'll Dude, upgrade that, that, that so as we go. Fresh and so clean. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler loves it. Okay, oh, that's yeah, cool. Um, I know all this. I know all the uh, the lingo. When I uh, I remember when I you know when I first started betting sports for a living, I got a job serving tables. Mm-hmm. Wanted to make a little income because I didn't know how this would go for a while. Sure. <laughs> and uh, I remember there were you know younger kids there who I'd work with, and I was first introduced to it when I was telling a story, and uh, he says, uh, "Oh yeah, man, that's uh, that's no uh, no cap." No, not no cap. He goes, uh, uh, that's like no chill or something like that. Or no chill? Not, he didn't I, say I don't that. know. No, he goes, you don't even remember what the no, hip no, language no, no, is. No, no, no. Because there's, <laughs> I, I'm remembering like newer ones, like busting and stuff like that. But he goes, uh, oh, no. He goes, I remember now. He goes, oh, dude, that is so facts. So facts, yeah, dude. Yeah. He goes, that's so facts. On God, dude. 100%. Like, so facts. What does yeah. that mean? Uh, yeah. it's. Uh, like, I, I can, it means. You know, you know what it means. Yeah, it means so that's facts. factual. Yeah, like oh, it's facts, God, and then you can use the emoji. That was not you can a use look. the emoji of the fax machine uh-huh. as as a similar thing. Like you know, facts. back in my day, we didn't uh-huh. have a fax machine. 
No, and your day we did have a fax machine. Actually, no. that's the okay. whole point. Mm-hmm. But I love it. I mean, you just you just exposed yourself so <laughs> bad as, as being out of touch with the young slang. Which, by the way, dude, good. it would be cringy if if we were our age and we were actually seriously using that language. No uh, fax. You know, <laughs> I like to think that I stay like somewhat up to date with yeah, like, sure. technology. But that doesn't mean like you have to start but saying the, lingo, the language and all that. I can't do that. It's it's very. I my language is my language. My clothes are largely my clothes. I can't wear the short shorts. Sure. Back in my day, you know, the ladies wore the short shorts. shorts, shorts, shorts and, and you know, now everyone's. I like showing some thigh. Well, I don't know if we like you showing some thigh, but <laughs> <laughs> eight inch inseam is the uh, is the cutoff. In are my you ready for this bet board? On slave of of, of on slave on slot on slot. Oh god! On slave. I don't know what that is, but it doesn't sound good. On slot of bets. Oh, I'm so about ready. to come crashing down upon you. Look, we we went 500. If I hadn't given you the half point, I'd be up 2-1. So I'm feeling okay right now. I'm cool with I to again like my my CU pick uh, that I lost on was not rooted in analytics. It was rooted in fear, and mm. I'll admit that I was afraid to pick CU. I was. I was scared, and so I took TCU, and we're not going to do that going forward. Actually, I can't promise that. There may be yeah, more we'll fear-based picks going forward. we got forward, a lot so. of games to go over. All right, before we it. get to the games, Tyler, yes. where should people be, be making these picks? Well, I know one place they should be making them, BetUS.com. We have a lot of listeners in a lot of states where betting isn't quite available to report to Uncle Sam at the end of the year, even though you still do, still want to report your winnings. But if you're looking for a place to play, BetUS.com is that place you want to go. Why? They're going to have every game we talk about. A lot of the time, very good lines, better lines. Even if it's minus one hundred eight in the same in the same line we're talking about, it's worth looking you know checking them out. But they have movies, TV shows that you can bet on. They have the horses. They have casinos. Play a little blackjack, little roulette. Honestly, they have everything at BetUS that they don't have at a lot of other sports books. So check them out online. BetUS. Put in promo code TAILGATE for all kinds of unique promotions and bonuses. That's BetUS. And then later on, during like uh, November, maybe even uh, you know, a little before that, we can go over some of the show bets. We'll talk about the Academy Awards, the Grammys, give out some best bets there. And that's movie season, right? You get a lot of movies coming out for Christmas and stuff. We love Thanksgiving. Movie season. Well, plus we can bet on a lot of those movies. So, yeah. all right. That's betus.com, Perfect. promo code tailgate. By the way, before we get into uh, the picks really quick, I did have one note. If you were listening to that recap show and you heard a lot of tapping. Oh, my God. My, my apologies. So it turns out my mic had this thing that was loose. We didn't really hear it on the show. Like, I kind of heard it, but I was just like, oh, there's no way it's being picked Dude, up. It was so... so if, if you had headphones in, it was nearly uh, I'm sure it drove you nuts. So again, I apologize, and it, we're fixing that issue. So if you were listening and you're like, what the fuck is this tapping? It's driving me nuts. <laughs> yes. The problem will be fixed. Yes. Well, we have some equipment to send you home with. So yeah. don't forget to remind me to send you home with the equipment. I will not forget to remind you. Ryan, you too. We need Tyler, to send remind you home me though. to not forget to remind him. <laughs> I know. Or I just pointed at Smitty. It's yeah, a Tyler. Yeah. Smitty. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. All right. Uh, picks. Picks. We're at it. Okay. We're starting off with uh, Smitty and I's favorite team, Illinois at Kansas. Rock chalk right here, right? So Kansas currently a three-point favorite at home against the Big Ten Illinois team. Now, I, I'm very interested in this line because, first of all, Illinois, they didn't perform that well against Toledo last week, right? Uh, they didn't cover the spread. Correct. They won, right? But I think it was like a one-point win or yeah, two-point win. Yeah, they barely won at the at the end. It was not a good look. And, and I was really surprised. We had the, I gave that pick out. It was one of the uh, losses I had last week. I think I went to four and four overall last week. Four, four, and one okay. with the uh, the push we negotiated. Um, but I was really surprised with Illinois' approach. You know, I expected them to have that run heavy. 
uh, uh, scheme. You know, they played a team that I thought they had a huge advantage on both lines, and they came out throwing the football, shotgun, spreading things out. So I was very surprised at how they came out that game. And yeah. so, so moving forward, it's like, the reason why I don't have a bet this game on either team is it's right on my power rankings. I've got them pretty much even, Kansas at home, about three points. So, you know, it's not it's not anything, you know, crazy for me. But Illinois, if they're going to try and implement this new offense, they're going to try and throw the ball more and spread things out in this new era of football, and they want to maybe adjust things how Bielema likes to run, you know, his team, I don't like betting on them during this transition phase. Now, I don't know if that is happening. Maybe it was just they got a little loose with the game, with the play calls. Right. They got a little bit behind, had to throw, or thought they did. So let's not overreact, but I'm not going to bet on them coming back, running the football. And uh, Kansas looked like they could score at the end of the last game they played, too. So it's, well, it's and, a pass for me. But And like take into account, too, like Toledo's a good team. So it's not like... You know, Illinois looked like shit against just like a, a dumpster fire program. I think Toledo's a solid MAC program, but again, I, I I do think they did underperform, obviously. And yeah, Kansas looked really good. They scored a lot of points. Um, I think that this is a big game for Kansas specifically. They unveiled some new all black jerseys for this game, which look fucking sweet, by the way. Black helmets, mm-hmm. black jerseys. They look very cool. I just think that. When you have the program feeling like it's on the rise, they're going to start uh, doing renovations to the stadium at some point. Um, I think that this is a game that Kansas fans and the Kansas program had circled early on. It's like, hey, we have a chance here against you know a, a, a you know a, a good Big Ten team, honestly, to kind of shock the world here. Probably their biggest uh, non-conference matchup, and so I like Kansas here minus three. I'm giving it out. I'm going. Rock Chalk with the Chalk here. Taking the Chalk. Rock Chalk, Kansas minus three. We'll see if Tyler's brave enough to turn this into a bet board with Illinois plus three. Not bloody likely. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Well, I'll take the uh, the Jayhawks minus three. Count it. Put your whole mortgage on it. It's definitely happening. Um, (laughs) Next up, uh, Nebraska at CU. Currently the Buffs. Three-point home favorites. Now, you guys are homers, Mm -hmm. and yet it sounds like, Tyler, you may not be giving out a pick with this line. I don't know. What's your analysis here? I'll have mine after yours. Okay. My analysis is, for the first time in about a decade, if not more, CU is inflated in the Public money. (laughs) My God, it's hysterical. Like, every game I go to, because I obviously, for those who don't know, I'm a Buffs fan. I've had season tickets my whole life. I go to all the games, just like Ryan does, producer Ryan, and... I bet on a lot of the games because it's like, well, I mean, they should be plus 24. I'm getting plus 26. Well, I'm just making a play. It's like you're always getting a few extra points with the buffs. There's no I, value now. I, I think they should be. I told you guys, based on my rough estimate, one and a half, minus one and a half at home, I think it's probably closer to two. But the fact that it's three, that's a big, big leap. I trust the buffs, so I'm not going to give Nebraska out. I think there's... Here's the thing. Let's break down this game real quick because that's what my numbers say. Colorado minus two based on the numbers. But I could see a lot of things. Colorado right now, based on the data and the math, one of the most volatile teams I've seen in the last 10 years. And it's simply because the 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 everyone's computer, not just mine... They, they're probably like lost like what it's like throwing it off right? right it's messing it up it's a glitch in the system right it's it's like when neo did that weird thing in the matrix and everything like freezes for a sec <laughs> it, and so what i think's happening here is colorado is could be a lot better than we think they could be honestly a lot worse than we think tcu's offense was not supposed to be that good they scored 42 points right so there's a lot that happened that first game but cu's power ranking right now i don't know if it 
Coles for a minus three upgrade all the way from what we saw last week right. at minus nine. 12 point adjustment in the market. So overall, I'm not going to give it out because I think it is a bit inflated. I think people are jumping on the buffs. But here's why. If I were to bet this game, I would probably lean CU minus a three, even though it's a horrible value based on what you could have gotten. It's the matchup. Uh, Ryan, Nebraska's quarterback. We, Jeff Sims. Jeff Sims. He threw the ball 19 times. 11 to 19. Didn't look good at all. Three interceptions, I believe. And he led the team in rushing. He, he by far led the team in rushing. Attempts, yards. He had half their yards. He had 91 yards. They rushed for, I think, 181. Right. So they're one-dimensional based on what I saw. I, I saw a team in Nebraska that Matt Rule rolled out against Minnesota, which, by the way, good showing. It was a close game on the road at a good Minnesota team, but their offense didn't look like it could do much at all. So if this Buffs offense is half of what it was against TCU, a good defense. See, that's the thing about TCU. I'm referring to the Buffs again. How much do we adjust them? TCU, we knew about their defense. They brought back starters. The only, like as we said on, on the recap show, the one thing we heard out of camp this year from TCU was they're comfortable second year in this three three five. They're so comfortable. Right. They brought back a lot of talent, and Colorado scored those points against them. I mean, I think Nebraska's built to stop the run more than spread things out in this Sean Lewis's. I love how people are explaining it now. This Art Bryles esque offense, right? Mm-hmm. He spreads things out, gets outside the numbers. I think Nebraska's not really prepared to stop that over sixty minutes. But uh, it's going to be a great game. But I just think that if I were to choose a side, that's why. It's an X's and O's thing for me. And we don't really know how good this offense can be for Colorado. Yeah, I'm very torn on this, uh, on this game because like, what I think that maybe we're, has been discounted slightly is that CU had a massive... They had the element of surprise going against TCU. Oh, the EOS. Yeah, sure. well, there was nothing on tape for half of these players. Obviously, we don't like... You know what I mean? Like, you, you can find tape on those players at other schools, but, but not, not in this system. system. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, we know what Sean Lewis's system is, but again, we don't know how each player fits in. No, that's a great point. There's not a lot of tape. There's not, not a lot of tape. I mean, there are true freshmen out there playing. Not a lot of There's no tape, tape on, on Dylan on Edwards. Exactly. Like, we don't have tape on how uh, aggressive. Like, uh, th- there was a, a big element of surprise going into that TCU game where they probably weren't able to prepare for some things, right? And now that's out the window. There were a lot of plays on tape in that game alone now for Nebraska to study and say, hey, maybe what are some of these tendencies? The other thing, too, is that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm trying to look at the stats. But when I was watching that Colorado TCU game, it felt like Colorado, like even though they attempted a lot of runs, like they they were only getting yardage through the air. They averaged 1.6 yards per rush on the ground. So yeah, not good. And late in the game, it felt like they just gave up on the run. They they were like, we're (laughs) just going to throw every play. And so again, like if you're super talented, you have Shadur Sanders, you have a guy like Travis Hunter to throw to. Great, but like I do think that this Nebraska defense is tough. And here's another factor too to 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 kind of bake into this as well. Everyone talks about the fact that. You know, uh, we've never seen this kind of switch in, like, this kind of roster overhaul. How many new players did CU bring in? Uh, Well, including transfers, 80-something. 80-something, right? And that includes, like, true freshmen and transfers, right? Yeah. So I think it was, uh, top of my head, I want to say 50-something transfers and 20 to 30. Okay, so that's uh, what I thought, because I knew they were number one in the country. The number two team in the country in that number is Nebraska, by the way. No one's talking about this year. They had 60-plus players when you include true freshmen and transfers. There was a lot of that. And so it's a very similar situation with Nebraska as far as like, hey, like this is a brand-new team. They're still figuring things out. Um, you know, 
Jeff Sims definitely worries me. Uh, like again, like yeah, he threw threw three picks. He was pretty much only awesome mobile. But again, like I I definitely think that Minnesota's defense is a lot stronger than what I expect CU's defense to be. CU's defense made a lot of big plays, but they gave up a lot of yards too. And so like I I think that the the Minnesota defense is a lot stiffer. And yeah, Jeff Sims didn't look great. But again, like to me, I look at this matchup and I go, if if Nebraska can run the ball on CU, could be a long day. And so I definitely expect Shooter Sanders to still have a great game. He's super talented. I mean, that guy was making every fucking throw. Um, to me, like it, this play is, it's not even that I think that Nebraska is going to win. It's that like everybody is on CU and the whole world is on CU. And it's so rare where I get the opportunity to be like, I'm going to fade the public because I usually am the public. <laughs> I'm usually the square. And so I'm going to, and again, it's not, I, I, I like, I want to root for CU against Nebraska. I, I can't wait for this game. I know it's a rivalry game. But I feel like it's a rare opportunity to fade public hype on the buffs. So I'm going to take Nebraska plus three. I'm uh, taking the Huskers. Bummer. All right. Uh, you do not have a bet board game. I'm not going to take. I really thought uh, I was going to get one there. All right. Next up, Texas A&M at Miami. Ooh. The battle for the hot seat. I love this. Uh, <laughs> I love this matchup. That's great. Two coaches that look, I don't really Did you think- come up with that? Yeah, yeah, for oh, sure. I, I, the well, original, I, the Will like, Reds. I like that. We we always we you know, we've talked about Jimbo Fisher being on the hot seat, and I mentioned I don't really think that Mario Cristobal is on the hot seat yet. But if he has another five and seven year, then maybe. I feel but, like Miami's always a hot seat. Yeah, I mean the program has not been good for a while. But or again, they could team up and both get fired. Jimbo's crystal balls. <laughs> open up a uh, <laughs> uh, open up a store. Yeah, but if he had a, if he had good crystal balls, he wouldn't be losing so many games. So um, yeah, look, I I this is a fascinating matchup again because. Two programs that had a really disappointing years last year. I think there is a lot of of hype around A and M and a lot of reasons for positivity with Miami. Not quite as much hype, but A and M. The Aggies going in there as four and a half point road favorites at Miami. You've got new coordinators on both sides of the ball for Miami. A new offensive coordinator for A and M in uh, in in uh, Petrino, Bobby Petrino. So uh, to me, this is just the first real team or first real test for either team. Um, I think that I think we're gonna. I, there's something about this Petrino offense. I think that Connor Weigman, I think they found their guy. This guy, had a, they had a really good uh, showing in their week one game against, it was a, of course, a cupcake. But again, like I think that this Texas A&M offense, I think last year, if they just had a semi-decent offense, they win a lot of games. And I think that's what Petrino brings to this. Now, on the other side, Tyler Van Dyke, who's a really talented quarterback, who I think didn't work out well in Josh Gaddis' system last year. Now they have a new offensive coordinator there. Uh, he looked pretty good against Miami of Ohio. And again, Miami of Ohio is not a powerhouse, but I think that was definitely a tougher matchup than what Texas A&M had. And so it's promising if you're if you're on Miami here that Tower Van Dyke looks good. And again, I think Miami's moving in the right direction. But to me, A&M of last year was like a team that just so underperformed. Like they were way more talented than what the record showed. And I think this year is the is the year where they return back to what we expect at least not like national title hope I don't I don't think that they're going to be that I don't think they're going to win the SEC West but again like it's such a talented team and I do think that ultimately Jimbo Fisher is still a good coach I just think the offense had issues and things went off the rails I think this is the statement game for A&M coming out and saying hey listen last year was was an aberration we're a super talented team we're back I think A&M goes in and just stomps on Miami I like them to cover the spread give me the Aggies minus four and a half um, I'm actually pretty tempted to take Miami this game. It's not going to be a bet board though. Uh, this comes down ta- comes down to 
I tend to trust Jimbo a little bit more than I trust Mario Cristobal right, right. now. You mentioned the coaching, the coaching thing. I think that was hysterical. But I mean, I mean, it just we forget that Texas A and M brought back twenty starters. Yeah, from last Ton year, and, and and the whole story for the couple years before that was how many great players they brought in and all this talent they have. And then they have one mediocre year, a couple losses they shouldn't lose, and everyone just sells their stock. So, you know, I get where everyone's on with with A&M. I understand. They're a good team. They could be a lot better than we think. But this is right on my number. Like, with everything given in after putting it through everything, I've got it right at four and a half. I don't have much value on this game either way, so I'm not going to make the bet. I'd probably lean... Miami, I think they probably show up at home and make things tough on A&M, but yeah, A&M is a good team, not willing to make it a bet, so there you go. Yeah, and Cristobal has brought in a lot of talent too, but again, like that's kind of newer talent. Like you said, this is returning talent for A&M, and don't forget, I mean, this is a team that beat LSU last year at the end of the year when they were you know, already out of the bowl picture and, and didn't have a chance. That's yes. how much talent they had. They were still a good enough team, so to me, it's like if they put the pieces together, they're going to be really good, so I'll take the Aggies four and a half. Uh, next game up, Tyler. Jaggers. The Cyhawk. Yes. The Cyhawk game. We got Iowa versus Iowa State. Ooh. Right now, the Hawkeyes, four-point road favorites. The game is in Ames, Iowa, at Iowa State. Um, Iowa State looked solid week one against North North Dakota State, which, by the way, not a cupcake. We know North Dakota State is the legit, like, uh, they're an FCS program, right? Are they are they FBS? Who's that? North Dakota State. They're the one that they're like no, always. They're the, FCS. They're FCS. Yeah, but they like always won the national championships under Chris yeah, Chris Kleiman and stuff. Yeah, they're like Klein. kind of the cream of the crop when it comes to the FCS. But they look solid. And, and again, you consider that with the fact that they didn't have their who they thought would be their starting quarterback, their starting running back, a bunch of linemen because of the gambling issues. And a lot of that stuff has been settled recently. Actually, today a story came out that a bunch of these Iowa State players and Iowa players are taking a plea deal for a lesser charge. It's going to be okay that there's probably a lot of them will still serve suspension. Some of them might not play at all. But ultimately, I think that you'll, you'll see these guys in the field, a lot of these guys in the field by the end of the year, maybe once they serve whatever suspension the school hands down. Um, but Iowa State looked decent. Like, they looked better than what I thought they would look like in that week one game. And you look at Iowa, like, Iowa looked okay against Utah State. They scored early, but they didn't cover... The whole situation with Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator, is hilarious. Like, I know. If, if you don't so know ridiculous. it, part of his contract this year is that he has to average 25 points per game and win, I think, more than seven games or seven or more games Reef. to keep his job. Yeah, to keep so, his because job. Because the offense scored been 24 so bad. The first yeah, they week. scored 24, so he's already one point behind. But you know what that means? What? That means when, when Iowa plays like uh, Western Michigan or potentially Rutgers at the end of the year. All right, so they host yeah, Rutgers. Yeah, but shouldn't they have had that mindset for Utah State and no, they no, still no, couldn't no, do no, it? No, my, my point is, though, if if there's a, a, a tip... Because like, you always want to look at the pattern of distribution. Let's not get too in the weeds here. Right. But if there's a if the ceiling is for them to score like 80 points and they keep running it up, then that's where you want to bet on them because right. it's it's a one way. It's like a, a, a asymmetric risk, if you will. Right. So yeah, when they host Rutgers at the end of the year, when they host Northwestern in November. Right. Actually, that game's at Wrigley Field, but still. See, but I don't know that I was like, built okay. for that. Like, like even if they if they were like, yeah, this is going to be the game we go out and they're score not. 60. Yeah, they're not like, Look, that's not, not Iowa. They're I'm not, not capable. I'm not saying they can at I the know. snap of a finger. I'm I know, saying you're that's the games it. where you want to, yeah, for sure. Want to get but like you on. look, that, but you're right. They, historically, the Cyhawk games have been super low scoring the last few years. Yeah. I mean, they've had games where it's been like 12 to 10, and so like these have been super close games. They're four point favorites. Now look, 
I am a big Cade McNamara guy. He's a Michigan legend forever for me. He's the first guy to beat Ohio State in like nine years. Um, he transfers there, and he looked pretty good against uh, Utah State. He came out his first throw was a touchdown. Um, I think that there's more talent on offense. But again, like I don't know that Brian Ferentz is capable of, of doing that. If 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 it's like, hey, I have to score. Which, by the way, 25 points yeah, per game not is not a lot no. by t- by modern college football standards. Like most coordinators should be able to average that. You sure. know what I mean? And so it just goes to show you that, like, even against lesser talented teams, it's just not. Like it's still a, a coaching staff that's in love with punting and in love with kicking field goals and playing conservative, and so I like I worry about that. Just again, separate from this game, is just the the situation with Brian Ferentz. I don't think he's gonna make it out with that current contract, <laughs> even though he's the coach's son. But anyway, back to the Seahawks game. Like these games are just usually shit show games, like sloppy turnovers. There's been a bunch of games where Iowa State has almost won, but they just like shoot themselves in the foot with bad turnovers. Um, I, I really think that the talent upgrade is, is is huge at the quarterback position for Iowa, and I think that's why this line is where it is. Like I think that they're four-point favorites, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that they upgraded the quarterback play significantly. But even still, like just knowing the history of this, of this rivalry, I think it's going to be a close game. And for get, Cyclones, this isn't even like a, a – uh, a Matt Campbell like a uh, beef thing here, where, where which is a classic thing with this show is me wanting to bet on Matt Campbell and, and draw uh, uh, Tyler into a bet board. I really think that the Cyclones at home getting four points against a team like Iowa that struggles to separate against anyone is just a golden opportunity. I'm going to take Iowa State plus four. We don't have a bet. Oh, <laughs> you don't want to bet against Matt Campbell? No, I'm taking the under in this game. It's 36 and a half. I mean, that's so crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're taking the under. For what Will said, you know, I kind of would lean with the underdog as well because I don't see so much separation from either team here. And I do worry about Iowa if I were to bet on them because in a game like this, it don't you think it's human nature that Brian Ferentz is just going to be distracted every game that he is is not going to score a lot, and right. they're, they're struggling to get down. It's like this thing in the back of his head where not only do they have to win the game, but he's got to score. It's like, right. I don't like that for the team. It's a, But we're not, people aren't talking about, at least from what I've heard enough, about what just happened at Iowa State. Just yesterday on September 5th, we're obviously recording this on Wednesday the 6th uh, in the evening, uh, two players from Iowa State have been indicted Class D felonies. Now, we knew what was going on before, this is up to five years in jail. This is like big stuff. It's obviously a felony much different than placing some bets. Uh, now, it's no modern football player or no current football players, right? It's a wrestler and an ex-football player. Right. But the questions, everyone's talking about it. Boosters are wondering what's going right. to happen to the future of this program. So many distractions for Iowa State. So that's a real big deal. And let's also not ignore all these players that are still gone for Iowa State. That They didn't come back after last week. They're still not playing with a full lineup anyway. So I would... It's it's That's why I like the under, right? I think we're dealing with two coaches that know each other, two defenses that know each other. By the way, last year, you look at these offenses. It's amazing what's going on with these FEI efficiency rankings. Iowa last year, 102nd offense, number two defense for efficiency. <laughs> Iowa State last year, 86th offense, Seventh defensive wow. efficiency. We're talking about two good defensive coaches here. So under thirty six and a half is uh, is my best bet this game. Yeah, I mean, you look at the recent. I mean, last year this game was seventeen points. Um, the year before that, it would have gone over thirty six and a half. Uh, the year before that, under. Year before that, there were sixteen points scored. Like since Matt Campbell has gotten there, basically 
these have been super low-scoring games. Again, because you're right, it's two defensive coaches. So even though that's a crazy low total, I don't hate it either. So again, I'm on the Cyclones, plus four towers on the under. Um, no, still no bet boards. The under, we no bet get, boards. got to get one going here. Um, well, but a, a lot of my bets are towards the end of, uh, like, because we're going chronological. I hope we um, can at least get one. Yeah, towards the end. One. Let's go to my uh, ECU Marshall game. This is at the uh, same time, I believe. Actually, half hour later. Um, Marshall, a three-point oh, road no, favorite no, here, no, right? no, 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 no. Let, let's go to my Northwestern UTEP game first. Okay, got it. So UTEP, uh, yeah. of course, University of Texas El Paso for the layman, if you're not in on it. <laughs> the Miners, one-and-a-half-point road favorites here at Northwestern. Uh, best bet of mine this week is Northwestern at home. Uh, I really like this game because I th- – look – a couple times a year, I get real good lines that I know exactly what's going on. Now, we'll talk with my next bet about something that I don't really know why it's happening, which makes me a little bit more uh, scared. But in this Northwestern game, it's obvious what's going on here. No one wants to play on Northwestern because they came in with all this negativity, the hazing scandal. You talk about distractions. That's like grade A distraction for any handicapping situation. Right. They lose Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah, big deal. Exactly. They lose a good Big Ten head coach who's kept you know things going for a while. In so, July. So many, right. you know, so many things going on. So they open up their first week. And got wrecked by Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers. Rutgers is back. Rutgers, who has been <laughs> a laughing stock for a long time, right? So this perception of they go on the road to Rutgers, they get killed, blown out. Of course this happened. So it just reinforces this idea, oh, obviously Northwestern is going to be a bad team. Obviously all this is going to happen. This is a pure power ratings play for me. Okay, let's talk about my power ratings because you guys know that my power ratings are we play the game on Sunday. It's going to be fun. Every Sunday we'll play the power ratings game where I guess the upcoming lines of the week. And I can tell you, often they're going to be very close to what the line actually is. So I think that we can at least look at these ratings as somewhere close to what the market should be early. You know, I trust my ratings. I believe in them. And, and that's why when I get a difference in my ratings, I don't go, oh, what am I missing here? Why am I wrong? I go, we're making a, a, a bet this game. Right. And, and that's how I've done this for several years very successfully. So... My power ratings here, Northwestern, I downgraded them four points, and that's on top of my pessimistic preseason ranking. I was down on Northwestern compared to the market before the season, right? and I, I downgraded them four points. So this is including that. I'm very, they did not look good. So the adequate downgrade. And guess what I've done with UTSA? I've upgraded them a point, despite oh, sorry, their- U- UTEP, you mean, oh, Excuse right? me. Thank you so much. Yes. UTEP. I've upgraded them a point despite their shaky one-in-one start. Remember, they lost to Jacksonville State their first game of the year who just came up from the FCS. They haven't looked great this year. They won 28, I think, 16 to incarnate word or something like that, their their second game. They haven't looked good. So with the upgrade for UTEP, with the four-point downgrade for Northwestern, I still have Northwestern two points better. Okay, let's say their home field isn't great. Let's say we're giving them two points for home field, which is kind of bullshit because the travel from Texas and all that. But still, let's say two points because I've got a minus four and they're plus one and a half. That's a discrepancy you don't often get. It's a big bet of mine. It's the best bet of mine. I think we get a huge all-out effort this game. A factor in some of my handicaps this week that I'm making my best bets I've been listening to what's been going on locally. I think that that's actually not talked about or not done enough. People take uh, for granted, oh, everything's out there in the news. Look at Twitter. Look at social media. Of course we know everything. There's so much we don't know. Look at your own team. As Colorado fans, Ryan, we know so... Well, CU may not be a great example because everyone's knows it's in our business this year, but the average fan is going to know a lot more than... Uh, the, the the most nuanced college football fan that knows a lot about other teams because you're local. So right. going local means a lot. 
they're excited. Like the coaching staff, the players are coming out saying, look for a different game. So glad we got this behind us. We can move on. So glad to get back out on the field. I expect a huge all-out effort from a team that I think should be minus four given the four-point downgrade. So Northwestern plus one and a half is a best bet. Yeah, I love it. Um, I don't have anything on this game. I thought we'll be on the minors. Oh, no way. I'm going to join you with that one. Again, I think it's a bounce-back week for... And yeah, you said it. Like UTEP, yeah, they beat Incarnate Word... Um, I mean, I don't. How long has Incarnate Word even had a football program? I don't know, but, but <laughs> I thought it was a Bishop Sycamore type of situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, we got to watch that, by the yeah, way. We do next week. Review. Okay, yeah. so yeah, well, let's add that to uh, for next week. We all got to watch the Bishop sure. Sycamore doc. I'm down. We're not going to do the Urban Meyer one because it's, it's just a fluff piece, and we don't do that here. I've got a, a business now. We don't even even have to change anything. Incarnate Word could be a speakeasy. Mm. Incarnate Word. You okay. Know, it's like a little, bookstore. or like like a bookstore speakeasy. Bookstore speakeasy, or somewhere where they do they do poetry speakeasies? Because uh, well, like I spoken mean, word poetry, yeah. I'm sure they do. Because that's some incarnate word, spoken word, right? The spoken incarnate word. Whoa, like man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, now let's go to my ECU game. This is half hour later. Okay. Uh, Eastern Carolina at home against Marshall. Okay. Marshall, a three point road favorite. Yeah, right? Marshall, three point road favorite at ECU. Okay. I just mentioned the Northwestern game how I'm confident because I know exactly why that line is what it is. This one is one of the couple times every year where I have no fucking clue what's going on here. And the thing is, you don't make a lot of money bucking the market, right? Because what that's saying is everyone else with millions of dollars and who you know makes a lot more money than I do doing this and these syndicates and these people who are privy to all this information and handicapping, they see the same line I do and they're not betting it. This line's not moving, and it should be moving. So, I don't know. I'm a little scared because I'm uncomfortable when everything, when everyone sees something I don't. Why aren't we hammering this down? Why hasn't this been bet down? As a matter of fact, you look at Circus Sports in Vegas, a very good telling sports book. You you should look at them if you want to see the sharp numbers. This opened to pick them, and then it went to one and a half, and then it went to three. So, some very influential money and some very influential people are betting Marshall this game. And it makes me nervous that they know that they supposedly know something I don't. I looked at injuries. I looked at roster news. I looked at schematic changes. I looked at coaching changes. I looked at all the local news I could fucking sift through for this game. I could not find out any reason why we should downgrade this substantial. So let's talk about the downgrade. I have these teams ranked essentially the exact same. Marshall, I've got 77th. ECU, I've got 79th. And ECU is the home team. I had to double check. I'm like, oh, well, uh, maybe I have my notes are wrong. It's just at Marshall. That makes sense. It's not. It's at ECU. So I'm wondering what the hell's going on here. I mean, I just don't understand why ECU is being downgraded after they played Michigan, covered the spread. And keep in mind, ECU was one of the busiest teams in the AAC and transfers. In fact, they had 20 players who suited up against Michigan for the first time for ECU. And as we've seen with several teams, that doesn't mean slow start for every team. They played Michigan. We can't like hold hold them, you know, hold them, you know, for this whole negative viewpoint on them because they played Michigan and, and cover the spread. By the way, so I don't understand what's going on. I mean, I guess you could argue their offense didn't look great. Would they score three points? Yes. But again, it's fucking Michigan. Like, what did we really expect? So. Marshall, let's talk about them. Did they wow in game one? Did they blow the doors off their opponent and get some kind of an upgrade? I don't think so. They they beat Albany 21-17. FCS, Albany. I mean, they only had two more first downs. They went one of 10 on third downs. Wow. So 
what's going on here? Like, do you guys know, like, what, why this may be happening? Have you heard anything about Marshall suddenly signing the next Heisman candidate? Did ECU have a quarterback get hurt that I didn't see? Well, because... they were a good team last year in the Sun Belt, right? I mean, they won nine, nine games. They bring back a lot of guys. Look, but I'm not disputing that. I've had them accurately ranked in my power ratings this the whole time, dating back to last year, right. and I've got them ranked the same. And I, I trust the AAC a lot more than, than what Marshall's going to deal with this year, and ECU is going to be a good team in their conference. So overall, again, the power ratings, I've got them ranked equal. I mean, ECU's home field has to be three this game. They do have a pretty good home field. Like they actually have some good fans. They're, they're known saying. for getting it's upsets to, it's there. It's tough to travel there. It's a weird place. The locker rooms are all messed up for the opponents. It's a it's it's a tough place to play. So I just look. I don't get this. And again, if I had all these reasons, I, I'd probably have more money on this myself. You know, because that dictates how, how much I bet on it. But I'm giving it out. I like to play ECU plus three. So it's a bet. Or it's a bet game. It's a play. Okay. So I think ECU gets back on track and runs the football. So. I mean, I don't know. You're definitely right. Like usually when when a line stinks and you're like, what does the market know that I don't? You're right. You don't really want to bet against the market. Maybe it's something where some key players got banged up against Michigan that we don't know. Could um, be. Could be now, I checked like the that. injury report and I don't even see a lot of people doubtful. I mean, I don't know. I, I think this, I mean, Marshall went and won a game at Notre Dame last year. Don't forget that. You know, and again, that was a, not a good version of Notre Dame, but they had, you know, they beat at James Madison last year. JMU's a good team. So, like and I know you're you're all that's factored into your ratings. Obviously, we know that Marshall has a good program, but you know I'm not going to make it a bet board. But for me, it's a stay away. Like again, if the line is that, then it doesn't make me want to run uh, run to the ticket counter and take a bet on ECU. Yeah. So I'll stay away. Yeah, it seems too obvious to me. Very scared. Okay, Very fair scared. enough. Uh, next game at or sorry, Ole Miss seven and a half point favorite at Tulane. Uh, I, this is interesting. Tulane, of course, was a really good team last year. They finished in the top 25. They beat USC in their bowl game. A lot of people were fading Tulane last week uh, at, against South Alabama. They were like uh, SVP was giving it out on his show during you know with his winners and stuff. He's usually a guy that's pretty locked in, by the way, and has good picks. There were a lot of of people in the college football gambling world that thought, hey, this South Alabama play is a good one. They were plus six against Tulane, and Tulane goes and covers by a wide margin. They play really well. You know, we know they're a tough team. And then Ole Miss, of course, they were one of the teams that scored like 70 points in a blowout victory last week at home, you know, again, against a cupcake. But um, it's an interesting matchup because you know Tulane has this this uh, game circled on their schedule as like, hey, this could be another upset special for us. To me, it's like I think that I think this Ole Miss team is truly like a really tough SEC team, but they get discounted because they play in the SEC West and it's like yeah it's going to be it's rare they're going to be able to compete with the likes of Alabama and now LSU and it's just a brutal uh uh conference and of course division and i think that if you were to take Ole Miss and put them in the Big 10 or you put them in the Pac 12 i think they're a team that has like a lot more wins than what we've seen over the last couple of years i really like what this Ole Miss team has this year you know we know about Quinshaw Judkins who's maybe like the best running back in the country uh, Jackson Dart, you know, it, it, I think is going to improve more and more in Lane Kiffin system. And we saw him throw the ball around a little bit more in that first game. And obviously they became kind of a run heavy team uh, last year, but I think it's a more of a balanced offense this year. I think that this is a year where, you know, Ole Miss maybe shock some people, get some wins they shouldn't, but I like them to go on the road. I don't love the half point hook and this line is creeping up. It was seven. Now it's seven and a half. Sounds like it's moving towards eight. Um, I still think Ole Miss goes in and wins easily here. I think that Tulane did lose some stuff from last year, 
Um, and I, to me, it's just Ole Miss is a better team. I'm going to take them minus seven and a half. This is a pass for me because we don't know how good Ole Miss's offense can be. That to me is the question mark here. From my, my power ratings, I've got Ole Miss about 11, 11 and a half points better. I think this is an appropriately priced game. I've got it right around seven and a half. But, um, you know, Tulane's a really good team. They always show up in, in, in these bigger games against other opponents or against like uh, bigger opponents. You know, Tulane throughout the, throughout the years has always been this sort of like trap team. And I've, I think the market agrees. The market has them ranked about 40th, 41st. I've got them kind of in the mid 40s. But I don't know. I just think that we don't know enough about the ceiling right now about Ole Miss. You talk about competing with the likes of some of the best teams in the SEC. I trust what Lane Kiffin's been doing there and what he's been building. So it's like if they are going to do that, maybe going on the road and getting a statement win against Tulane wouldn't be out of the question. So that's why it's more of a pass for me. Too much volatility, but my rankings have this right around the number, so uh, it's a pass. Okay, fair enough. Uh, next up, I love this matchup. Oregon on the road at Texas Tech. Seven-point uh, road favorites here for the Ducks. Now, two very different settings here and I'm afraid of what the public money is going to do or, or is maybe doing to this line right or the public perception because of course Oregon just blows out Portland State they score fucking 80 points week one all the hype on Oregon of course and I'm kind of buying into it honestly I like to me after seeing how USC maybe hasn't looked quite as perfect as we maybe would have hoped with some improvement uh, to me it's almost like okay is Oregon maybe going to be the favorite in the conference uh, you know maybe Utah who knows but Texas Tech, of course, they have a 17-point lead at, at Wyoming. They blow it. They lose in double overtime. It seems like a golden opportunity to jump on the Red Raiders here, plus seven at home in like a you know a situation where hey people don't know you know or or, or people are going to be trying to fade them. But there's something that makes me doesn't want to bet against Oregon. Now the worst part is that usually when I bet on Oregon, they burn me. That's why I've I've been hesitant to pick them to be a favorite in the Pac-12. I always feel like they. They show up so well and they blow a, a game late they're not supposed to. And it like ruins their chances at winning the Pac-12 or getting to the playoff or whatever. And historically, they've done that a lot. But again, this is early in the season. Um, I, I, again, but full circle, my where, where I've started with Bo Nix when he was at Auburn, when I was the biggest hater and I just wanted to fade every Auburn game to where he's at at Oregon, I got to give him credit, man. Like He's stuck in there with a lot of hate. And now he's like he looks great. He's 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 working super well in that Oregon system. I'm really torn. I'm gonna fa- I, like as much as I as I want to take Oregon here. I'm gonna fade what I think is gonna be a public pick, which is everyone's gonna see Texas Tech lost to they're 0-1. They lost to Wyoming. Oregon's hot shit. I'm gonna take the Red Raiders at home to cover the seven points. I'm taking Texas Tech plus seven. Will's getting sharp. <laughs> Will is getting sharp. I thought we would have a certain bet board game here. I had this circled. I had it chalked up. And I think Tech is probably the play. I mean, you look at what everyone's doing, overreacting. You had it exactly right, Will. I don't have a ton to add. I think you hit all the points exactly You know how, how I, I see and I agree with them factoring into the handicap. 81-7 is a score that people see, and they go, oh, 81 points. And it right. kind of triggers this thing. And then... Uh, uh, Texas Tech, like you said, they 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 lose. But do we really want to? I mean, let's remember what we said. What other, I think, credible shows said before the season. This Texas Tech team is going to be good. They've got talent. A lot of people liked. It. Ryan picked him to win the Big Twelve, and you and I, our response was, 
Sleeper. It's a sleeper. They they were like still could. Well, exactly. <laughs> but the response was they're going to be a good team. They're upgraded For in so sure. many areas. Just because they lose on the road in overtime, do we just want to like sell all of our stock? As a matter of fact, this is where you should buy on teams. Where right. you're going to be buying the lowest during the season. I think we could look back at this game and say, damn, I can't believe they were plus seven and a half. Now Oregon still may win this game, but is it seven and a half? I thought it was still just seven. Mm. Let me get an update. I got of the line. six and a half right now. Oh boy. Okay. Oh, Interesting. Really? Hmm. Damn. I can check this out because, yeah, we want to give out the most accurate line at that we can find during the podcast. Look, lines change, as everyone knows. It is currently six best. and a half. I'm sure you can still find it seven some places, though. But, yes, current consensus line is six and a half, according to uh, pregame.com. Yeah. Um, here, let's let's just make sure that that's not. Uh, but but here's the thing. I'm not going to give that out, out, out as a pick. Yeah, it is six and a half everywhere right now. Westgate, BetOnline, Bookmaker, DraftKings, Circa, Bavada. That, I mean, look, that's tough. That changes things. Maybe it's be like, oh, man. Well, so, I just have a hard to. Here's the thing. The reason why I like a half point here, half point there, why I give Will such a hard time when it's 14 and a half and I bet at 14 because that's how you win betting sports. Like, it's just a half point here, a half number there, getting a better price, minus 130 before it moves to minus 150. That's really what this comes down to. When I see my bets like UTEP that I got them plus two, and they closed minus three. This was week zero, by the way. And I lost that game. I don't care about the loss. I repeat that process over and over. I'm going to be very successful betting sports. Same thing this week. A bet that we didn't give out that I asked Will about. Let's give it a little, just a little behind the scenes. I had Virginia minus or uh, Virginia plus seven. They're hosting um, James Madison. Right. It's like, I think Virginia plus seven is a great play, but it's moved plus six and a half. Now it's a six. It's like, I don't want to give it out to everyone at plus six because they're two different bets. Whether you think it is or not, over the long run, those are two crucially different numbers. So these numbers matter. And Texas Tech, seven and a half, it was a very, very strong lean, potentially give it out. Six and a half, I think we have been beaten to the best of it. And this is a 50-50 proposition where the VIG is going to get you either way in my mind. Yeah, and it could be worth it, like if you can buy an alternate line, maybe to juice it a little bit to get that that half point. You know, I'm glad you said that because I've been experimenting this year with buying half points and teasing games. And this usually, uh, like the biggest sign of someone who doesn't know what they're doing if they're buying half points and teasing, right? But I've done such work in the offseason to, to find what spread should be and what numbers that I have had early success doing this. I'm going to give out one teaser on today's show. And there's certain times where buying points, buying a half point here, buying a half point there is actually worth it. One website I use, it's, uh, well, let's just keep it at there. One sportsbook I use, they only charge 10 to buy on to threes, to buy on to sevens, to buy off of threes. Other places charge 15, 20, even 25 cents if they're being ridiculous. Right. So it's often worth 10 cents. I bought a half point this week. Okay, we're going to talk about Washington State. In my own portfolio, little spoiler alert, I've got Washington State plus seven because I bought the half point for 10 cents. Guess why? It's It was worth about 12 and a half cents. They're charging 10. That's a discount. So it's worth it to buy onto the seven. So that's where it comes down to sometimes. I think it is actually worth it to buy a point here or there, but that's my spiel there. I can still see this line, though, like before game day, creeping back up to seven because, again, like you know, public money might... Uh, be leaning on Oregon here, I think. So again, if it's at seven, I like Texas Tech plus seven. If it's six and a half, I'm going to say stay away. But I'll give out Texas Tech plus seven if you can find it, of course. All right. Let's um, go. Next up, this is one that Tyler likes a lot. We got UCF Central Florida going at Boise State. Three and a half point road favorites here for UCF, who, of course, uh, they get the victory week one, a big blowout victory. Or was that week zero? They play week zero or week one? 
I think it was week one. Okay, week one. Boise State, of course, uh, loses. They don't cover against Washington, a really good team, but they lose big. Tyler, uh, where are you on this one with, with UCF being a three point, three and a half point road favorite? Uh, bet, uh, one of our best bets this week, Boise State plus three and a half. We are giving it out. Um, I've got UCF about 6.8 points better, just a little less than a touchdown. So I obviously think UCF is a better team, but going to Boise, taking three and a half points, I think is too much. I've got this game with home field advantage, Boise State right around plus uh, 2.8 to 2.75. I know I'm getting a little into the numbers there, but what that means pretty much is I've got them two and a half with the juice to the over or three with the juice to the under. And they're four and they're three and they're four right now in some places, three and a half in others. I think this is a really good play. Now this is also probably one of those where I'd say asymmetric risk, but we're going to give it for the show three and a half. Uh, this is a classic week two handicap of the overreactions UCF beating Kent state badly, but I've got Kent state, the second worst team, in my power rating, second worst team in football. And then Boise getting blown out at Washington, like Will mentioned. In my opinion, it's a great game for Boise to get back into the season. This is a good team. And they played one of the best teams in the Pac-12. One of the surprise teams in the country, I believe, this year. Will was on that first this offseason. Washington's going to be really good. They went against a bigger they being uh, Boise. Went against a bigger, better, more physical team than they're going to see this weekend at UCF against UCF at home. And let's be honest. I said before the season, UCF is my Big 12 team of the future. Like, I'm buying a lot of stock in UCF, but that's not now, not yet, not necessarily this season in terms of being dominant. I think in the next couple of years when UCF can build up that Big 12 talent pool in Florida, start getting a lot of players, they kind of have the facilities, the means to be a really dominant team, but it's too early in my opinion for that. Let's not forget Boise brought back over 85% of last year's offensive production that finished top 30 in efficiency. So, you know, we talk about Boise and and they do have upset, you know, I think I think they can be an upset special team under, under Andy Avalos, who shows up big in these games. We'll talk about that in a second. But I do believe this comes down to Boise State's defense. We talked about offense, all the production, all the, you know, what they can do offensively, which I think that they're going to show up much, much better offensively this game. But I think it comes down to the defense. Now, they just showed some weaknesses against Washington, but again, that's Washington, and I think they're going to correct those mistakes, and I want to give the Huskies a little bit of credit, right? We we have to see that Boise State came out and was just overmatched in a lot of places, a lot of avenues in that, sec- in that secondary. Spencer Danielson, defensive coordinator for uh, Boise, I think he's going to make good adjustments. He's done that week to week. I trust him, and Andy Avalos, back to his numbers, He's 5-1 and one as an underdog in his career, and this is actually going to be the first time that he's coached at Boise that he's a home underdog. So we're going to see how he responds here, right? But 5-1 and one in his career as an underdog, so I lean over. I think both UCF and Boise move the football, but overall I think we see an improved Boise offense, and I think the defense does do enough to frustrate UCF and cover the spread. So should be a good game. We'll take Boise State plus 3.5 at home. Tough place to play in the Smurf turf, that's for sure. And by the way, Orlando to Boise is quite the uh, yes. like the, that's a long trip. Do we have a bed board? Uh, no, I'm I'm definitely mm. not taking uh, UCF here. You know I don't trust Gus Malzahn uh, as far as I can throw him, which isn't very far. So hit um, the bus, Gus. Where'd that phrase come from? As far as you can throw him, I don't know. That's a great. I'm on it, Smitty. <laughs> Producer Smitty, please <laughs> please give us a, a rundown on that saying. I love it. Um, next up. 
biggest game on the schedule by far, the one that's been super hyped up all season long, Texas going on the road at Alabama. The Crimson Tide seven-point home favorites. We remember, of course, last year, Bama barely won that game. They got a little help from some a couple of calls. Honestly, if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, Texas might win that game. Texas right. really, honestly, could have won that game easily. He's back. Texas brings back all the talent. Now, Alabama's replacing a lot of people, new quarterback, a lot of new faces on offense and defense. Jalen Milroe at quarterback. Um, man, this is such a tough one because I really I do feel like when it comes to Texas and it comes to Sark, um, I still don't know that everything is there for them to make like a true run at winning the Big 12 and going to the playoff. However, they do seem to be a team that plays up to talent and plays down to talent. Right, like they lose some games they're not supposed to, but they seem to show up in a lot of their big games. Um, I mean, they have so much talent on offense. We know that Sark knows a lot of ins and outs about what Saban does. Obviously, Saban knows a lot of ins and outs about what Sark does. And I'm really torn on this because the truth is that I think Alabama is going to be the more disciplined team, um, probably the better team overall, but it's a lot of returning talent. I think the quarterback edge... Definitely, when it comes to passing games specifically, goes to Texas. But maybe Milroe might be better overall with his ability to run the ball. Like I want to know where you break down on this. Maybe before I give my pick, Tyler, because it could be a bet board. Like honestly, potentially, but I'm very torn. So we talked about this a little bit on Sunday's unlistenable show, uh, where Will was tappity tap tap. Oh, by the way, Will, you got a new nickname from that? Yeah, Will was tapping the microphone for Sunday's show. And uh, Chubbs, I'm going to call you Chubbs now. From uh, Chubbs, fr- just, just tap, tap it in. Just tap it in. So you're, <laughs> you're Chubbs. Worst nickname. You're Chubbs from now on. Um, let's talk my power ratings, and let's talk the market power ratings. Where do I have Alabama compared to Texas? I've got Alabama 6.25 points better. Okay, Alabama's the home team. I think we can give Alabama two and a half here. I've got this closer to eight and a half. Will like this is a power ratings play for me. Alabama, I think, is the better team, and I think the overreaction on Texas is classic Texas overreaction. But that's just the power ratings play built into everything that I believe. Let's see what the market thinks. Current market consensus is Alabama is, let's pull it up right now, four point four and a half points, right? So I'm, I'm way higher on Bama compared to Texas in the market. I have Bama, my number two team. The market's got Bama closer to four or five, right? Mm. And think about that difference. About four and a half points. They, the market has Alabama better than Texas, which explains the line. You give two and a half for home, bam, you got seven points. I've got Alabama higher. I trust my ratings. I trust that Alabama is a lot better than people think. We have not seen Alabama win a big game in a while or look like Alabama in a while. And I think people have forgotten how good this team can be, how good Nick Saban can be. And I'm not going to trust Steve Sarkeesian. I'm not going to trust this team. I haven't seen him do it in so long. Texas has been a money machine fading them in these kind of games. Now, I know last year they showed up. I think that's all the more incentive for this to be a rivalry game, even though Alabama won last, or a, a revenge game, excuse me, even though Alabama won last year. How often does Alabama win and Nick Saban can say revenge factor this year? I think this fits into that category. So, look, I know that Texas is a good team. It's not fun giving Texas seven points, but the power ratings say so. I trust Alabama. That's where I'm going with it. And I'm giving it out as a play, so I'm going to count it. Alabama. All right. <clears throat> so you guys want the origin real quick? Hang on. Yes. Let me. Well, oh, first, let me, let me yeah, give in, my in pick. Between oh, okay. games, in between games. Uh, it's going to be a bet board. I'm going to take oh! Texas. I'm really torn on it, but here's what. <laughs> I'm doing it for two reasons. First of all, I'm doing it for the show. we got to have some bet board games. 
But it, my honest opinion on this is that it, it's still always Nick Saban, it's still always Alabama, but it does feel like the last two years there's been just something missing, obviously, right? Georgia comes in. They've been the class of the SEC. They've won back-to-back national championships. Uh, they're the outright favorite to to you know go back to back to back to win three in a row, which hasn't happened in I don't even know how long. Um, not even out. Not even Saban has done that at Alabama. He has right. won three in a row. Um, and this seems to be the year that everyone's going, "Hey, Alabama's back! Alabama's back!" It's they still lost. Are eight. people saying that? Yeah, like I think a lot of people. Like I've heard things like, "Hey, this feels like Alabama 2015. This feels like everyone's sleeping on them." Blah blah blah. They're they're coming back. They're the favorite to win the SEC West. You know, per usual. I know LSU is there, but again, like there's something that that has been missing the last couple of years, and I'm not willing to. I'm not willing to put everything on the line for them until I see that it's back to what we know saving Alabama to be. And again, I'm not saying this is a bad team. But they don't like the fact that they're still returning a ton of talent, or they're still re- having to replace a ton of talent. It's a new quarterback, uh, right? I mean, they lose Bryce Young and they lose all these guys from the offense and the defense. And people were saying, like, "Hey, uh, Alabama! Like, look at Alabama this year." I know that's what we're used to seeing, right? Because they always reload. But it just feels like there's something that's been missing. I think that. I, I think that I'm right in the fact that Texas plays up to these big games. And again, especially early in the year. You look at how they've played early in the year against big teams since uh, over the last few years. They almost beat LSU at home that year that LSU went undefeated and won the national championship. They almost beat Alabama at home uh, last year, right? Um, now this one obviously being on the road. But my point is that like Texas early in the year is different than Texas after they've got a couple of losses and the shit is off the rails. And so like if you're going to pet, if you're going to bet... Texas to be plus seven, which by the way, they're not going to be plus seven in, in maybe any game going forward. I don't know if they're going to be an underdog in any game going forward. So it seems like a, a golden opportunity to say, hey, listen, yeah, they didn't look awesome against Rice uh, last week. Maybe they were holding some things close to their chest, maybe not, but it's still so much talent and I need to see it out of Alabama to say, hey, yeah, I think they're going to win this game by a touchdown outright. So I'm going horns up, baby. We're going with the Longhorns plus seven and it's a bet board game. All right, there we go. We got one. At yes. that point, is Texas back? Yeah. Oh no. If they beat Alabama, I just checked. Yes. I just got. I just looked at TexasBackYet.com. It says Nah, ten wins. That's all it says. <laughs> uh, Smitty. Okay. What? Ha, tell us the the etymology of the phrasing <laughs> or of the phrase "can't trust someone" as far as you throw them. All right. So I guess uh, it dates back to 1870. So obviously the language has changed a little bit. Sure. Um, and is it about witches? No. So it's. Uh, <laughs> The expression used to be, how far do you trust this fellow? Well, as far as I can throw him. So it's, it's saying uh, I so don't, trust, don't trust him. Uh, so in general, you only say it when yeah, you... Yeah, so, the, so since even a strong man can scarcely throw another full-grown man any further than straight down. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically saying I don't trust him at all. Interesting. Okay, okay, well, there it. you go. How far do you trust this man? Love it. Fry and Ryan's... Uh, by the way, Fry and Ryan's Chili on Patreon. Go oh, check yeah, it baby. out. Yeah. That's Fry and Ryan's Phrase of the Week. Turkey the, chili. Uh, we're really uh, uncovering some some secrets with the chili. History stuff. Well, he put on the chili recipe. You can use ground beef or chicken. Also, exactly. It's real yes. flexible with it. So if you wanna if you wanna do some beef and pork in there like I would, you can mm. just easily swap it. But I've had the chili. It's delicious. Can't <laughs> confirm. Mm. Uh, Tyler, should we give a shout out to Skillshare before we move on to the next game? Yeah, Skillshare. If you want, we're talking power ratings. Obviously, with all these games, if you want to start with a little bit of math, get on the road to making your own power ratings. Skillshare has all kinds of unique classes to learn very specific math, math, very broad math, whether it's algebra, whatever you need. 
uh, Skillshare's got all kinds of professionals, ex-professionals, and ex-professors uh, to help you along your way. Also, hobbies, right? Cooking, photography, things like that. Skillshare has so many unique classes that if you sign up once for a year with our 30% discount, you have access to all the classes. So check them out online, Skillshare.com. Put in promo code TAILGATE when you sign up. That's going to get you that 30% off for the first year and start making better college football lines, right? That's what this is about. Fuck yeah. That's how we'll do this. Make better college football lines today with uh, Skillshare. But no, seriously, like uh, my wife, Allie, she loves photography, My wife. She likes photography. So she's found all kinds of, because we signed up, she's found all kinds of cool classes and different unique ways to approach photography all on Skillshare. So put in promo code tailgate for that, uh, that discount. Love it. Okay. Next up, another game that Tyler's got a big bet on. I don't have a ton on here. It's a PAC 12 big 10 matchup. Now, by the way, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but week one, the Pac-12 was undefeated. The entire Pac conference. Is back. The Pac they're, is back in their last year. Yeah, <laughs> they're going to go out on top. <laughs> so uh, will they, they remain undefeated yet to be seen through week two? But we got Wisconsin on the road at Washington State. Currently, Wisconsin a six and a half point favorite here on the road tower. What do you got? We got a bet. Now, this is the one that I bought up personally. Sure. Well, no, I just, Ryan got rid of Haiti because I did my, my cadence. We got a bet. <laughs> we may have a bet, but we'll see where Will's on. I know Will's a fan of... Uh, of uh, Luke uh, Fickle. Luke Fickle, thank you. Not Fickle, a fan, but Fickle's I respect Pickles. him. He's an Ohio State um, guy. So this is this Pardon. is uh, where I pay a little bit of money <laughs> to get Washington State from six and a half to seven. Um, it's currently six and a half. I, st- I still think it's a play at six and a half, but if you can get seven for ten cents, I believe one twenty is an appropriate price for Washington State at home against Wisconsin. Both teams had a very similar week one, right? Big wins against bad teams. Now let's talk about how bad Wisconsin played UMass. I've got UMass 131 out of 133. Washington State played Colorado State. I've got them 117th out of 133. So both these teams kind of beaten up on lower opponents week one. We didn't learn that much from from these teams, right? In my opinion. Not a whole lot of adjustments, not a whole lot of manipulating these, these teams in the power rankings. They pretty much played how we thought they would. Now, I also like the over, right? Both teams finished last week top 30 efficiency um, for their offense. And, I mean, I believe that Wisconsin, through the season, will be able to move the ball better and better. I trust them under Luke Fickle to be efficient, especially running the football. And then Washington State. Let's not forget Cameron Ward. You know, I think Cam Ward is one of the most underrated players in the conference. Now, we've talked extensively about the quarterback talent this year in the Pac-12. So many good quarterbacks this year. And Cam Ward is one of them, for sure. I mean, he is an impact player. He's going to have a big game. I've got this. This is a power ratings play, obviously, on top of everything else. I've got this minus 7.77 on a neutral. You know, I think Washington with home field advantage should be maybe five at worst. Um, now, let, let, let's say things are, because these ratings are a little bit adjustable. I think we can get maybe up to eight points for uh, Wisconsin. How much better they have the Washington State, right? But going on the West Coast for a game like this, it's a little bit later on. I think that Washington State has an underrated home field advantage. I think that we've got some value here at six and a half. So we'll give it out. The uh, Wazoo, right? Wazoo. Wazoo, plus six and a half at home against Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, look, I think I'd lean with you on that one, even though I am definitely high on on the potential of of Luke Fickle at Wisconsin. You know, one thing that I noticed while watching their, their game week one is that what a, a lot of people forget, I mean, yeah, they're bringing... Tanner Mordecai from SMU, the transfer quarterback, who's super talented. And he didn't really have a great game. He had one touchdown, two interceptions. 
But what I didn't really think about until I was watching that game was, hey, this was a Wisconsin smash mouth team. And yeah, they bring back all these starters. But now you have Phil Longo running like an air raid offense where Wisconsin doesn't have like any of the guys that you would normally have for an air raid offense. I think that's why you saw some of the struggles in the passing game specifically. Now, I don't know what the leftovers are like at Washington State from Mike Leach, if there is anyone there that maybe is familiar with that air raid system. But it certainly would be something I think to maybe, you know, would work to Washington State, Washington State's advantage with, you know, some of that coaching staff, some of the players where like, hey, they know that air raid system because... You know, because that's what Mike Leach ran when he was there. And so and rest in peace, Mike Leach, by the way. Shout out to Pirate. Um yes. but I just I think that maybe even though Tanner Mordecai is an air raid quarterback, the rest of the team isn't set up for that. And so I'm gonna wait and see with with Wisconsin. I'm gonna not give a bet on this game. If I had to, I'd lean with you, Tyler, for sure. But okay. I, I'm kind of up and down on Wisconsin in general until I see maybe the air raid system kind of come together with Phil Longo there. So have it your way for me. Have it your way. Uh, next up, uh, <laughs> speaking of of Pac-12 versus you know big throwing systems. Speaking of it, Auburn on the road at Cal. Hugh Freeze's first year at Auburn. Uh, he's got the electric passing game and the offensive system. Now they travel all the way to uh, to Berkeley to play the Cal Bears. Right now they're six and a half point favorites. Tyler, I think you have a bet here, and I think we may even have a bet board because as square as the bet is going to be, I'm all over Auburn here. I think that Cal doesn't get a lot of opportunities to see uh, this kind of system on offense, and I think that like there's something about even though Hugh Freeze crashed and burned at uh, at Ole Miss he certainly always scored a lot of points when he was there and so I think that Auburn I think this Auburn team still has a lot of talent left over from the Brian Harson years uh, and and uh, you know I, I think it's still a pretty talented roster the kind that can compete with the talent that Cal has which I don't even know how much talent they have they do bring back a lot of starters from last year and I just don't know that even though Justin Wilcox is a defensive guy I just don't know that you know that this defense is going to be that good, or we'll be able to slow down Auburn. If I if I had to see, if I had to guess how this game breaks down, I don't really see Cal winning outright. Even though maybe the, the travel is factored in there, Auburn I'm sure doesn't travel to the West Coast like often at all, or maybe never has. I mean, we saw Florida, Florida, when Florida went to Utah, it was their first non-conference road game uh, that they had played in like 30 years. Yeah. And so um, Auburn probably doesn't do that a lot either, but even still. I'm just going to ride the Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze train uh, until it stops. So give me Auburn minus six and a half. We got a bet board game. Oh, boy. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, boy. So I actually disagree with you from the talent being left over at Auburn. I think Auburn needs to start over, and I think that's why Hugh Freeze is there. They've fallen off in recruiting, keeping people from transferring. As a matter of fact, this year, when you look at the SEC rankings, and I know it's SEC rankings um, from like Phil Steele coming into the year. Phil Steele's got them. Um, Ninth best offensive line, uh, worst defensive line, thirteenth best receivers. Like we're talking a bad collection of players compared to what Auburn usually has. Now they're always going to stay in the Alabama game. They're always going to play in big games, but I don't actually trust them in games like this. And I don't think Hugh Freeze is, is set up for a good year. But I honestly think this is more about Cal. When you look at Cal's defense and what they did last year, I'm kind of impressed. I kind of like this defense. They finished last year quietly, 47th in efficiency on a team that. What they finished four and eight last year. They had four wins. Nine starters back on that defense. Now they should give up some yards this game, but I don't see like a huge mismatch. I really don't. It's Cal. It's Auburn. It's like the brands. Cal's not a good team. Auburn is Auburn. So I think that that's what a lot of people are going to be looking at this game. 
But I don't see this like giant mismatch to where Auburn's going to score 40, gain 400. I really believe that Cal's defense is going to have a better game than a lot of people think. And let's look at last week. Both these teams won last week. I, I frankly, though, need to see more from Auburn. You know, Auburn had an advantage on the line of scrimmage against UMass, and they rushed it 44 times for almost 300 yards. Peyton Thorne only threw the ball 17 times. They did everything they really wanted to. And on paper, it looks like a great game. But really, when you look behind the scenes, Peyton Thorne finished 81st in quarterback rating after week one. He finished 93rd in efficiency. And from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, wow, Auburn looked really good. But the inside looking at themselves. Remember earlier how I talked about local, looking at what they have to say locally? Right. This is a quote from a local Auburn uh, uh, website. Quote, the staff of Auburn Daily remains confident in starting Auburn football quarterback Peyton Thorne despite some week one struggles and a shaky blowout win over UMass. Struggles that certainly didn't keep the Tigers transfers numbers the Tigers transfers numbers down too much, but struggles that could be amplified in games against superior competition where the margins for error will be less will be uh, far less. Ultimately, it's not that Thorne's stock dropped, but the seeds of worry were planted. That's what they're saying locally. So you look at the score, you see Auburn, and, and you see a team that looks comfortable. They look fine. You know, they, they had a blowout win week one. They look behind the scenes, and I think there are some concerns. And going on the road at Cal, by the way, a Cal team that's 9-3 and three against the spread against SEC teams since 2017, and Justin Wilcox, who's 26-9 and nine in his career as an underdog, 10-4 and four as a home underdog, Cal has played twelve SEC teams since twenty seventeen. Yes, they're nine and three against the team. Yeah, that's I got it right here. This is uh, wow. Here, let, 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 let's make sure I'm getting this right, okay? Because I got this from that Phil. Seems Steel. like a lot. First okay. meeting, Golden Bears are eleven eleven straight up all time versus current SEC foes, including eight and four straight up and nine and three against the spread since twenty seventeen. Wow, winning and covering the last four. So yes, interesting. According to Phil Steele, at least, and that was in my handicap. So. Um, yeah, I trust Cal here. They're like quietly a good team in this situation. And what is it? Six and a half? Six and a half. I think that's, that's plenty of points. So it's a, it's a bet board game. My faith is in Hugh Freeze. Definitely not Peyton Thorne, who he wasn't really very good at Michigan State, to be honest with you, but he still transferred out. So I don't know. I, I think Hugh Freeze will find a way to score some points here and win by more than a touchdown. So bet board, oh, bet board number two. Righty then. Uh, last game, Tower. Is this Oklahoma State, Arizona State? Last game here, Oklahoma State going on the road. ASU. Uh, do you realize Arizona State is currently the single most injured team in the FBS? Right from like what they should have, they're really banged up. Mm-hmm. And then Coach Dillingham, the youngest one of the youngest coaches in college football history, gets on the team, starts kicking people off left and right. It's going to be his way or the highway. Whew, I think it's going to be a rough year for ASU. So I think this is all about the coaches. You know what I think of Mike Gundy, and it's not some affectionate thing. It's not some personal thing. It's not because of Oklahoma State. It's because I think he's truly one of the most underrated coach year in, year out. And it validates what I thought hearing Matt Rule talk about having to play him several years when he was at Baylor, saying every year they, they, they thought they had the talent and the scheme against Oklahoma State. And every year they play Mike Gundy, they're in for a surprise. This is going to be one of those classic master versus, is it the apprentice? Master yeah. versus master apprentice. Master versus apprentice. That's yeah. a good one. Uh, matchups. I don't really Teacher know that he was. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that he was his apprentice, but yes. Uh, so I'm just going to take the coaching matchup here. It is a power ratings play on top of it. I've got uh, Oklahoma State about three, or excuse me, about 4.25 to 4.5 here. So Oklahoma State. 
uh, minus three. Oh, and you know what? That may be three and a half. This was also a game that it is absolutely worth it to buy 10 cents onto three. Games land three in this situation about 8% of the time in college football. It's very worth it. If you can get 10 cents to buy onto three, take the three. But I believe market consensus right now is three and a half. So just for the sake of being fair to what everyone else can get, I will give it a three and a half as well for the show. Oklahoma State on the road at ASU. Love it. I love that we have two bet board games. And I have um, a teaser. Love it. Okay, even teaser. better. We love teasers. Um, so I've been experimenting with buying points and teasers. We talked about this uh, off the air a little bit with Will, but I really am so like into following the rules of sports betting. You don't make teasers. You don't make parlays. You you do these things because once you start getting you know, loose, you start losing money. And I've always said, don't make teasers, it's a sucker's bet. But I did a lot of work this offseason, and I believe I can find certain corridors that make sense to buy points. I know it sounds weird to say, and I know if you're really experienced betting sports, that sounds like blasphemous, but I truly believe in certain teasers, and I've had success so far in the in the early year betting these types of games. So this year, or this week, I'm going to give out a two-team, six-and-a-half-point teaser that you pay minus 110 for, okay? So... What you'll find is a lot of websites. I can do this at several websites I bet on. They don't, it's even money to tease six points. Right. Right. The NFL, it's minus 120 to tease six points. So a lot of people may not know this. So in college, it's even money. You buy a half point, six and a half point teaser, it's minus 110. So that's what we're going to do here. We're taking Utah down to minus one, and we're taking Alabama down to minus a half, right? Minus 0.5. So. Utah to minus one, uh, Alabama to minus 0.5. So they just got to win, basically. Yeah, yeah. And again, Utah's on the road at Baylor. So they go on the road to Baylor. Baylor who, lost Baylor's, the quarterback, too, by the way, Blake, uh, Blake Chapin. Blake Chapin. They lost to Texas He's State their first game. Weeks. Not a good look for, for Baylor at all. Yep. And I just trust uh, Utah on the road. But that is a game where those six po- six and a half points, I think, will be valuable for the road team. We talked about Alabama. I like them minus seven. Obviously, the the half here, they just have to win the game. I trust them to get the job at, you know done at home. And I'm not going to take Texas to go on the road, upset Alabama. I don't think that happens. So that's my teaser. Okay, and I'll give out my night to the square table, uh, square parlay bet here, which is going to be Notre Dame minus seven and a half. Then we're taking A and M minus four and a half. We're taking the Cyclones plus four, and then ultimately we're going with Texas plus seven. That's All the right. night to the square table parlay bet. Uh, we only had one bet board game, right? Two, two. What is that? What are they? So we got A uh, and M Alabama. Yeah, and then we have. Oh, that's right. Um. We have, where did the other one go? Was it Washington State? No, Auburn Cal. Auburn Cal, that's yep. it. Uh, Ryan, what do you have for your Knights of the Square Table parlay? Um, I'm going Texas State on the road at uh, UTSA. We're going to go North Carolina at home against App State. All that's money line, right? Uh, are you doing no, these spreads? are spreads. Oh, okay, so what are the, what's the numbers? Um, Texas State plus 13 at UTSA. Ooh, Ryan. I lean UTSA that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, here's why. Say it with your chest, Smitty. Come on. Let, let, let's, Fuck give, let, let's, give five, <laughs> let's give five good seconds on UTSA or uh, that game in Texas State. Texas State just beat Baylor. That's the team. Mm-hmm. So their offense could be a lot better than people think. So that's why I think that 13 could be good for you. If it's a high-scoring game, they could just keep up. But UTSA has a lot to prove after losing that first game to Houston. Sure. And their quarterback came out, and he's been saying – all week, like preaching to the media on Twitter, like apologizing on social media, expect a huge he from Frank Harris. 
It fucked my parlay. I don't know. I'm just I'm sorry. <laughs> Could <laughs> be sorry. sorry. Anyway, that's what I'm sorry, right? North Carolina <laughs> minus 19 uh, a- against App State at home. And then going FAU minus three and a half at home no against buffs? Ohio. No buffs minus three against Nebraska? No, I'm staying away from that. Uh, Three-teamer. Okay, we love it. Perfect. No, okay. it's the squad side. Stick around for fun stuff. We'll see you next week. All right, boys. So last week we did the uh, what? What did we call that? The lemonade challenge? Do we sure lemonade? Yeah, yeah. we lemonade did the lemonade challenge. Test. We talked about the Pepsi challenge. I came prepared. I brought in uh, uh, a cold can of Coke, a cold can of Pepsi. They All were three cold. of us took I enjoyed the, the chilled factor. And honestly, it's best out of a can. So the it, when it comes to soda, here's my ranking. It's number number one, it tastes best out of a can. Number two, out of a like a dispenser, you'd get it like a restaurant or like a fast fountain. food joint, a fountain. Thank you. Only, of course, if like the syrup is, is fresh. Oh, yeah. It can't be like one of these watered down or like okay. shitty ones. Okay. And then after that would be like if you can find it in a glass bottle, obviously. Mm. But then like plastic bottle is shit. I never want to drink soda out of a plastic bottle. Really? It tastes different. So it totally I, tastes different. I've heard people say that the best, because I'm not a big soda drinker. Well, occasionally I, I'm sure. not averse, but I don't drink it a lot, especially like like out at restaurants. But people say that the best is the mcdonald's coke they have a There's different a, recipe yeah or it's, it's not a different recipe they they have a different uh not to get too in the weeds here they have a different deal with it's well it's not it, they get they get theirs their tanks come like like most most restaurants get those big bags of syrup that right. then get hooked up to like the uh the water line or whatever and then it uh you know it gets the uh like the carbonation. So, so what does McDonald's do? McDonald's gets theirs in like these big like keg like metal things. And so it has oh, the tanks. The, they, they already are like carbonized basically. Huh. So it doesn't go through the same system. So it tastes more fresh like it would like straight from the Coca-Cola factory. Really? So Great. that's why Mc, and McDonald's is the only restaurant that has this so deal. Why. So McDonald's Coke does taste different. So do all the other restaurants say, hey, tanks for nothing, Coke. <laughs> I'm sure they do. I know. I know they do at the BK Lounge. So I, I'm anxious to know what my favorite is because because okay. I, I I'm not a big Coke when I when I do have soda. Well, first of all, I prefer lemonade if I'm going to get something like that. But if I do have sure. soda, I go uh, like Dr Pepper. Sure, that's usually my favorite. But my my I thought it was by far I had a favorite of these two, and it was the one on the right in the uh, the smaller small guy. in the yeah. smaller one. Yeah, which one's that? That was Pepsi. That's Damn, Pepsi. Damn, that was my favorite too. Big Pepsi no guy here. Then. God damn it. Yes, I well, like Pepsi. the worst part about this is that I'm the biggest Coke guy in the world, and I failed the Pepsi challenge. <laughs> you guys uh, had me blindfolded, and I tried so hard I thought I knew. Now, look, I think that I still think I'm right. I think Coke is better, okay. but I think there's something about trying to taste two very similar sodas back to back that yeah. fucks with your brain. Mm-hmm. It makes it hard to know so which is So you're blaming which. the environment of the test. Yeah, I just think okay. uh, you know it's it's not. Re- I think the the real way to test which one is your favorite is to take like a week where you only drink one, and then a week where you only drink the other, mm. and then you decide. But I mentioned this. We had crackers in between lemonades last week. That's right. There was no palate cleanser. Although again, we I don't really know how much here. a a chicken <laughs> and a biscuit is a true palate cleanser. <laughs> but 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 hold it's on. Not a sorbet. Man, I will say great, ha- having these these cokes or the Coke and Pepsi. This style of soda, like the Coke style, I think the flavor would be overwhelming with your with your food. I think it would dominate the. Food. Oh, see, but I always loved. I I loved having, and I used to be a big soda drinker. I had to give it up because it's just fucking terrible for you, right? Rots yeah. your teeth, makes you fat, and so uh, I gave it up a long time ago. It's really rare that I actually have like a sugar soda, um, but I loved having like a soda with with my meal. And I've never been the type of guy. Some people like to have a beer with their food, and like there are exceptions. If I go to a 
a ball game, right? Uh, a beer with a hot dog is great. But like if I'm having a meal, I like a to me a beer with like my regular dinner uh, is garbage. I don't want that at all. Whereas I always felt like a soda with like oh my god, you give me a slice of pizza with a Coca Cola, like I could truly <laughs> get obese on that shit. You think Mac, you think Mac Brown drinks a lot of soda? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I just don't think he gets a lot of action at moving out and about. I think he spends a lot of time in the don't film think he room. Gets a lot of action at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mac Brown gets all right, So we got fine. we got some rankings. I like how we're doing this. Should we transfer to another rankings mm. that I want to talk about? Okay. Uh, and it's still food related, which is great. So Iron Chef, this is uh, really interesting to me. The Iron Chef ranked five different fast food places. Now they're all a little different. Okay? It's Chick-fil-A, Wendy's, Taco Bell, McDonald's, and KFC. Okay, those are the five. Um, what order do you think Iron Chef ranked these in? And r- run the five by me one more time. Yeah, KFC, McDonald's, uh, Chick-fil-A, uh, Wendy's, and Taco Bell. Okay. And I will say this. Two are tied for first in a weird kind of way, and I'll talk about why. Wendy's and Chick-fil-A are first. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. Mm, McDonald's third. Yep. I'm putting KFC on the bottom. KFC's shit. I went Taco, Taco Bell. I'm going bottom. Taco Bell fourth, uh, KFC fifth. Okay. It was the top two tied. You were correct. Uh, Wendy's oh, and yeah. uh, Chick-fil-A. Everybody knows They this. were tied because Chick-fil-A <laughs> is the chicken, and he was really actually impressed with the Baconator, which is what he ate from Wendy's. <laughs> he thought it was awesome. This is a YouTube, by the way. It's called Iron Chef Dad Tries Fast funny, Food for the First Time. I think it's a funny idea to be like, I was really impressed by the Baconator. Well, well no, no. I oh, mean, you, you like six strips of bacon, <laughs> but This is my, like, read. He didn't, like, he's not, like, he doesn't speak English that well. He just kind of went through it. But after tasting, because he ate the other is ones the Iron first. Chef foreign? I, I've never watched that yeah, chef. Yeah, oh, and it's okay. his son that does this YouTube channel. And so I he see. like shows his dad these new things, and he's never eaten this stuff before. But gotcha. when he ate the Baconator, he was impressed with like the thickness of the patty. Apparently, the bun was pretty nice and, and, and fluffy. There was mm. a decent amount of bacon on it. The cheese was just melted. Oh, I'm getting hungry. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Wendy's and Chick-fil-A were the first. Second place, KFC. He really liked the chicken. Now, he had all, these, all kind of things to say. Like the first time he... Went to the city, he had KFC, and he didn't have it in a bunch of years. And the updated version of KFC, he said, you could tell there was chicken fat in the uh, in the uh, fryer. So they had just been frying too many oh, yeah. chickens at once, so it affected the flavor and the, the color. And he said there was too much salt, but he loved the KFC. Gross. Uh, so KFC was second. Third was McDonald's. And uh, he had the, I think it was just... Uh, Whopper or not, whatever they have that's like the Whopper. What is it? Big the Mac. Big Mac. Big Mac. Yeah. You <laughs> that was a you just made a crime against fast food. And then uh, Taco Bell was last. And let me tell you, the wrap it was a Crunchwrap Supreme with uh, beef. He opened it up to kind of see the ingredients. There was like no beef in there. He's like, this is all carbs. So mm. that was the rankings of Iron Chef. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And, I never uh, watched Iron Chef. I didn't know anything about. It. I thought this was like a series. Serious. Yeah. I didn't know there was like one guy who is the Iron Chef. No, yeah, I think he was. He's chef. just a guy that won. Are you sure? I don't know. He like is the he was the, he was the original <laughs> Iron Chef. Chef. Yeah, the original. Should be the, the cast Iron Chef. The original Iron Chef. Um, did you see the story about the race in Mexico? 
Oh, the the marathon? Yeah, the marathon. Yes. Where 11,000 people of the like 30 to 35,000-ish racers got cheated. Okay, but here's... I have a theory on this. <laughs> they, they all, How did they cheat? They, they got took a dis- shortcut. Right. But here's my theory. Wait, here's my theory on this. <laughs> That's my kind of marathon. Like, <laughs> like 10 people took a shortcut and everyone else just followed. And I bet you that... No. that uh, yeah, my, here's my theory. Because like you're just running in a pack of people. If you're not at the front, you may not know. And all of a sudden you see like a bunch of people head to the left and you're just you just stay in the pack so what I get what I would guess is that of those 11,000 people only like a thousand of them were actually consciously cheating and I bet the rest just went with the pack because that's what you do and then they got fucked over because of it okay that's that, my guess that could certainly be the case that's hysterical to me. It, it's just it, they're another piece of this which is kind of contradictory to that it doesn't have to be though they could be one of the same the complaints that were uh, submitted included claims that some runners utilize cars, bikes, and public transportation. They're hopping on the bus. Stop on the bus. Like, so this was a little bit more than I think they ran the wrong way. Okay. They're taking the... But 11... A you know the guys the who race? Have the, I don't know. Can you imagine the guys have the bikes, right? And they stop, and then the guys now... Uh, What's to be gained by cheating in a marathon unless you, like, win? Like, I, I that's have, what I don't get. There's nothing to... Sh- there's nothing yeah, to win. Yeah, like right. what? Like you just want to be able to brag and say I did a marathon in like two hours or whatever. I don't even know Maybe how long there's they take. Incentives? I have no idea. But this isn't the first time this has happened. So think about the group that was actually on the course that was planned out. Yeah. Imagine being the last guy in that group and looking behind you and nobody's <laughs> behind you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you're, <laughs> and you're like. I think we took a wrong turn. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And so... Nightmare. This is not the first time it's happened. 2017 and 2018, this happened as well. So, this is... Uh, Sounds like we need some more, uh, we need some more, you know, oversight in the, with the, the Mexico City Marathon. College football coach most likely to cheat. Hmm. Uh, Who would it be? Urban, Urban Meyer, yeah. Because <laughs> we've already seen that. Yeah. yeah he's still, uh, he's yeah, still out there. Uh, Fiverr? Uh, Fiverr, yes. I uh, oh, Woo's Media. Woo's Media has really utilized individuals and freelance workers. And Fiverr is a hub for freelancers. Now, there's a, a lot of different websites out there. And honestly, I'm going to be transparent. I've tried a lot of them because for Woo's Media, you need graphic design, you need help with websites, you need help with all different kinds of stuff. The professionals who are freelancers are available 24 seven for help. I will say Fiverr is the best one to use by far. It's easy. It's cheap. And with our discount, if you use the uh, link in the show notes, you get a, a discount on your first uh, freelancer. So I implore you, whether you want some help with personal stuff, you own a business, know someone who owns a business, tell them to use freelancers on Fiverr.com. Use the link in the show notes for a discount on your first purchase. All right. So uh, are, are we doing the headlines with football or should I do headlines now? Um. Yeah, let's do headlines now. Why Next not? week's headlines. Yeah, it's still football related, but so it's this fun. is kind of going to end the show. So, so they've already heard a lot of these reasons for for why that's going to happen. Exactly. So but, yeah, uh, let's let, let's let's get because you're first of all, whenever we do this next week's headlines game, I'm just predicting predicting the story. Tower's the one that's coming up with the hilarious like ama- I mean, like you truly have a gift at at picking what the actual like newspaper headline would read and making it super punny. I've been doing this segment. This is an original I came up with back to my radio days. Next week's headlines yeah. is something I've been doing for so long, and, and, and I, I love doing this. So I have uh, five games I have headlines for, and a couple games have uh, several headlines. So uh, the first one is James Madison, Virginia. Founding father falls short. 
Because <laughs> James Madison was a yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. We're hist- for all the history buffs out there, uh, Oregon State or excuse me, oh, uh, Oklahoma State on the road at uh, at uh, Arizona State this weekend. I got two for this. Sunday Fundy, everybody, Mike Gundy, <laughs> because it's going to be a Sunday morning paper. So Sunday Fundy, everybody, why, Mike Gundy. Why is everybody Mike Gundy? Because it rhymes with Sunday Fundy. Oh, okay. okay. And then the other one is uh, Dillingham the Sham. Dillingham the Sham. Okay, yeah. right. Okay, because Arizona State's going to lose. So yes. yeah, which uh, we're time traveling, but now we know Tyler's picking Oklahoma State. <laughs> yes. Well, not you guys. <laughs> this do. is a second game. The audience already know that. Uh, already knows that uh, that happened. Yeah, but I don't. So it's beautiful. Yeah. Dillingham the Sham. Yes. Okay. Next. Hazed, but not phased. Hazed, but not phased. Northwestern gets the win. Ah. <laughs> yeah, they're ah. Ah. That's a thinker. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Love okay. that. All right. I got three for this next game. Boise hosting UCF. We already went over this. Board the bus, Gus. Knights get bucked by Broncos. Ooh. Bo- board the bus, Gus, I like. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, the next one is, this one's you know pretty simple. Bad night for UCF. K-N-I-G-H-T. Right. Okay. Bad night. For dark UCF. night, maybe. How about Ooh, dark night? It was a dark night. Batman. But that could be. Is that a good thing? Maybe. No. Like they things are dark. Dark night. Things are dark. Yeah. And then the last one. This is a fun. Uh, the amazing adventures of Andy Avalos. That's just like a story that's going to be written about <laughs> last night about the it game. It does have a good rent. Sounds like it could be a movie. <laughs> it sounds like it could be it's something. Got a good weird. name. I like. Okay. That. And then last, Colorado hosting Nebraska Cornhuskers. Uh, the rule is. Colorado wins at home. R H U L E. The I see the rule. The rule, rule is. Colorado what about what if you home. did like corn fed buffalo? Corn fed buffalo. That's a good one. I mm. I prefer grass fed, but but you <laughs> well know, sure we'll take that. We all do. And <laughs> then for those uh, that are on a budget, well corn fed buffalo. Uh, breaking all the rules or something like that. Uh, yeah. Oh, so if they cheat to a victory or something. So you bite your tongue, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Don't you put that on me. That's what I got. Do you have any headlines, Will? Uh, I just had one. Okay. It's uh, he broke our heart, man, and that's gonna be the the newspaper in. Uh, Gosh, where does, Wake, where does Wake Forest play? That'll be the Wake Forest newspaper on Sunday because Hartman is coming back to break their hearts mm, at Wake Forest. Hartman. He, he broke our heart, man. The heart man. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's okay. Broken heart man. <laughs> that's okay. Oh, come on. Whatever. Uh, you that's know fine. him, yeah. But uh, no, that was a good job, Bob. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, listen, uh, thanks again for listening. Follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash. Ryan put his chili up there this college week. College football tailgate. Thank you so much for joining. Shout out to Ivan. Sorry I mispronounced your name. I'm going to continue to do it. See you later, Ivan.